0: Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, I'm underpaid. Here we go. Today we're going to talk about what to do, and some people feel this way, if they're underpaid. And the answer is, (laughs) go ask your boss for a raise. Right. That's that's the bottom line. And
1: and actually, dude, I don't like the title of this cast. I'm underpaid because by definition, if you're accepting your paycheck, you're not underpaid.
0: Ah, Good point.
1: You're engaging in commerce. You're selling your work skills for cash and you're agreeing to it every time you take it. And that's a fair exchange. You may have data which suggests other people with similar skill sets are getting paid more, but that doesn't mean you're underpaid. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. And that's part of our our first point of yeah, be- about exactly. beware of making comparisons, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. The first thing is you got to beware, just like you said, of comparisons. And the second thing we have to tell you. Now, look, guys, we're not saying there isn't a time to ask for a raise. There is. And there's a right way to do it, and we'll put that guidance out at some point. But you don't go ask for a raise. What you do is you make your boss aware that, in fact, there's other data, and it depends a lot on your relationship with your boss. This is probably one of the most delicate conversations you'll want to have, and I think probably we ought to start with, if you're wondering whether or not to have it, there's your answer, and the answer is no.
0: So talk, tell me about the dangers associated with making comparisons, right? I mean, you, you find out that's like, there's no secrets in the workplace and you find out that somebody else has been offered a similar job for, you know, more money, or you find out that one of your peers who's doing similar work yeah. makes more money. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of ways that you can get information that suggests that, well, make you feel at least that you're being underpaid.
1: Yeah, and and, and I'll tell you a big part of comparisons is, is, is built on something called internal salary compression, that when you're at a company, your salary tends to grow slower than it could if you jumped to different companies. Companies are well advised to not increase pay as fast as the marketplace would increase pay if it was a completely free marketplace because... There are transfer costs associated. So if I'm a company A and my salary is only going to go up 2000 dollars $2, in the next two years, then Company B is offering me five thousand dollars. That looks more appealing, but there are costs associated with the transfer that mean that my position and that other position actually are probably somewhat similar. But the first and most powerful comparator that we use is salary. And we'll have more casts on internal, internal salary compression and what it means and how to handle it and so on. But for now, let's agree on something, guys. This is career tools and we're going to tell you what to do. And yet you got to be clear about some things. Salary can be an emotional issue for individuals. A lot of people get poked with a salary umbrella and then decide how they're going to feel. And then they blame it on their salary. Okay. Unfortunately, for, for some people in the world, how much a person is paid is a measure of their value as people, which is wrongheaded, but we respect the fact that it's true that that exists, that wrong-headed thinking exists. For the company, it's simply a measure of the value of the work that you do, right? It's not not who you are. We actually believe, Mike and I have talked about this. In fact, a few months ago, you and I were talking about this, Mike, about when a manager makes an offer to somebody, the manager is offering the company's money. The company pays the individual, and and you, you could make a case that it comes through the manager, but more importantly, the manager adds on top of the cash the economic value delivered to the individual, to the direct. The manager adds a context, and emotional value as well. The manager says you're valuable beyond just what you pay. Now, that we're, we're assuming we're talking to an effective manager here who makes people want to stay for more than just the salary. I, I coined a term a number of years ago called psychic income. Mm -hmm. The idea that somebody loves their job or loves their boss or really is excited about their career or thinks, wow, I work at a great company. You know, I work at a GE. I work at a Royal Dutch Shell. I work at a Google. I work at an Apple, whatever the case might be. And that psychic income, the manager has a great deal of influence over. The company, though, when we look at it from the company, I know some people are rolling their eyes right now, but you, but look, if we're going to talk about an economic transaction, we need to see both sides of the equation to understand it. The company has a lot of things to worry about. There's production, there's customers, there's shareholders. Salary only comes up generally once a year from the company's perspective in terms of an individual salary, and it comes up during review time. So- Oftentimes, managers, and the vast majority of managers are ineffective. We we all know that. Managers only tend to think of salary once a year at salary time or review time. Now, guys, that doesn't mean your manager doesn't care. But the economic equation between you and your company, which is facilitated by your manager, essentially is agreed to and it becomes somewhat of a back burner issue until there's obviously some interest on one side or the other or it's perceived to be discordant in some way the manager's job of course is to add as i mentioned the emotional context and the spiritual context if if you don't mind my saying so to strengthen the bond so that the bond is not simply economic.
0: Yeah, look, managers also can't think about it all the time because there's a context of a budget, right? And if every manager had the ability, without any constraints, to pay people what he or she thought they were worth, the vast majority of managers' budget would double overnight yeah so necessarily the organization places constraints yeah
1: we see this with uh, people who go to work at big companies who are at small companies and if you work for the founder and the company's doing well you go to the founder you sit down you're having a beer on thursday or friday and you say you know it's well you know my friends are you know my friends salaries have all gone up a lot and you know i don't have any equity here maybe or i have equity but it's 10 years away and you're paying me you know slave wages here love you man and really i've got some bills to pay and the owner goes you know you're right i'm sorry all i'm doing is keeping the the boat afloat and 50 years ago guy there weren't vcs that gave companies money they could burn i love the fact that it's called burn rate but nobody likes it when i say we're burning money but you do that at a small company and then you get acquired by a big company and then you go into your boss and sit down and say look you're not paying me enough and the boss if the boss has big company experience and guys, I'm not saying that small companies are better or big companies are better. They both have their plus and minuses. The manager who has big company experience goes, what? I mean, this is the lamest conversation I've ever had in my life. You come in and plop down and suddenly we're talking about your salary. Cause you've decided that your, your equation doesn't work for you. It may in fact be true, but the manager feels uncomfortable because that's not how he or she would have done it somewhere else. And look, In his head, the reason that conversation doesn't take place but once a year is because he knows that once a year, that's the time it's supposed to happen. That doesn't mean your boss doesn't care about how much you're paid. It's just that bosses tend to put it on the back burner. The way Mike says, it's in the budget. We have a budget and we're working in the budget. Yeah. And you're right, dude. If managers were allowed to pay what they wanted, every budget would be done. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, managers love their people. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Double everybody's salary at Manager Tools as well. But, you can if you want <laughs> really okay i'm all right with that with
1: so are me. you saying i'm not worth it are you no. saying i'm not worth an it an effective man always starts with me? himself
0: or herself so you
1: know you give me. a guy a little bit of power I always then get some power he's ceo and suddenly horseman's being kept down there it's just it's just what that's <laughs> what happens guys no, I'm sorry that's way too inside baseball um yeah look managers are thinking about delivering results and they're thinking about all of the four four thousand things they're supposed to be thinking about so guys Beware of making comparisons, and we're going to talk more about that in a second, but be careful of drawing a conclusion that will hurt you in terms of your discussion of believing that your boss somehow thinks your salary is not only fair, but you ought to like it. Your boss is not thinking about your salary. He's not, and that doesn't make him a bad person. It doesn't. It doesn't make him or her a bad person. It makes them managers, and they're thinking about other things. And frankly, he would say, why are you thinking about your salary? Why aren't you thinking about delivering results if he's going to be snarky about it? If you're feeling aggrieved and you're being picked on because you're underpaid or there's a conspiracy or if they're offering this other person who's coming into our job more money than I'm making, then I wonder if everybody else is making more money than I'm making. Guys, you're barking up the wrong tree. Part of this cast is about trying to keep you in neutral. There are times, many of you listen to us right now are in a situation where you're not being fairly paid if we simply did an economic analysis. And there are times to go ask your boss for a raise, ask your boss for a raise, and we'll help you do it. Okay, And we'll do it in a way that will allow you to get a raise, but also walk out of there fully clothed and feeling good, even if you don't get the raise. But if you're feeling aggrieved, Guys, you got to be careful about that because that'll make you less effective in the conversation. You may be a victim of neglect, but it's not active neglect saying, I don't care what you think. It's neglect in terms, it's a benign neglect in terms of, I've got other things to worry about. And if you think you're a victim, you're making yourself a victim. They're poking you with benign neglect and you're deciding you're a victim. Okay, we'll touch on internal salary compression a little bit, but- companies create salary administration processes and there's a great saying i use it all the time but i don't i think it goes over a lot of people's heads and it's really me using it in, in the wrong context but one of my favorite quotes of all time is from david ogilvy who is an advertising genius he started ogilvy and Mather, and i think o, o&m got bought a number of years ago maybe by publicists. i don't remember who but david ogilvy once said about surveys and statistics and so on and he was an ad guy in the 50s and 60s and 70s in the u.s and and overseas as well and he was a little bit hesitant to just lump customers together or lump consumers together and say the data say x now of course i worked Brock and gamble and all we cared about is data but ogilvy said this consumers are statistics customers are people And what happens is you compare your individual situation to the process that the company has created and and the process says, well, horseman, you should be at this level or horseman's role and time and service would put him here. When in fact, you know, you're doing a great deal more than somebody you're delivering more value than somebody at that level of the process. And the inherent problem is you're comparing a single data item. To a process the way to think about that is to say the company assumes and it's wrong but it's an assumption that helps them deal with the with the the massiveness of the data of everyone's salaries in a firm the company assumes that there is a bell curve associated with performance and associated with salary and that generally speaking if in fact people Customers were consumers, uh, people were statistics, uh, that you, in fact, were simply a data point as opposed to living, breathing human flesh, that you are where you're supposed to be. They know inherently it's false, and that's why there's a bell curve, but we can't normalize every single person. It's simply impossible to do. And so what happens is you compare your individual situation to the process or the system or where the system says you might should be. Anytime you compare an individual data point to a system that has smoothing curves and has bell curves and so on, you're inherently going to create, problems you're not going to be right at the mean in the same way that there is no family living in the geographic center of the united states with 2.3 kids right right it doesn't exist and yet it is a helpful thing to know what the mean what the median is where where the weighted averages are and so on but people get a piece of data about someone else and they assume that piece of data applies to the bell curve that they're in and they draw wrong conclusions now guys we're not saying you're wrong to make the comparison. We're saying you're wrong to draw the conclusion that that means you're not being paid fairly. And I've talked before about fairness. We got to be really careful about fairness. You know, it, it could be that Mike and I both work for a manager. Let's say Mike and I both work for our, our friend Mark Granger. <laughs> that would not be good for Granger, but if that's <laughs> true, yeah. it may be that Ozan and Horseman have relatively similar backgrounds, but. I was working in Chicago when Mark hired me to come to New York, and Mike was working, let's say, in Texas. And when he moved to New York, even though he was getting paid the same amount of me, he had a cost of living issue, and so Granger paid him more money. Now, he and I are doing the same job, but I look over, and for some reason, I find out his salary, and now he's making more money than me. Well, in the system, there's no way to address that other than the manager gets some leeway about how much to pay people. Is Granger saying Ozan is more valuable than Horseman? No, Granger's not that stupid. But on the other hand, is it reasonable for Granger to offer Ozan more money? Sure it is we have something called salary bands. Some companies have them. Different companies call them different things, ranges, and so on. Salary bands exist because there's a difference between the corporate salary administration processes and the choice an individual manager has to make about how to pay one individual person. And what we often do is compare ourselves to a policy. When you see a job being offered, and you call HR, you call salary, you call finance, and you find out how much that job is making, um, what, what what we're going to offer, and you see it as different. That is the salary administration process. You have an individual salary, and they're two different numbers. They're in- affected by the same things, but they're ultimately decided on different things. Now, managers have a lot more at latitude than directs realize around pay. They do. But listen to this carefully, guys. Managers rarely compare the salaries of two people doing similar jobs. Now, that may surprise you, but most managers don't. Now, smart managers do, because smart managers know, generally speaking, if we have a well-functioning team and they're working well together, salaries do leak out. Although, remember Horsman's law is about salaries. All discussions about an individual's salary from that individual are lies. That's what we know. And by the way, they're lies that are describing the salary, the total compensation is bigger than the actual salary. But managers are working on delivering results and not thinking about salaries. And they believe they made a good decision at the time. They then manage that person's salary relative to their performance and relative to the salary administration process. And we sometimes find that people have divergent salary histories. In other words, Mike and I are basically doing the same work, but You know, he ends up making $7,000 more than me and maybe I'm stupid and I get my feelings hurt and it has nothing to do with your feelings. It has to do with the, the combination of the salary administration process and that individual salary at that time, based on a cost of living bump that Mark Granger gave Mike because he really wanted him on board. Now, when managers do get around to thinking about your salary, the choice the manager makes to pay one person depends on their budget, their boss how well the company is doing. If Mike got hired when things are going well, he's going to have a higher base salary, all things being equal, which of course all things being equal is never true than I am when I got hired when things were not as good. Okay. Um, whether their boss is in a good mood, I mean, there are all kinds of factors when frankly what they think they can get approved. So it is taking a moment in time and comparing it to, the ebb and flow of time through all history is, is, is a really bad idea. Not any one data point fundamentally justifies the entire data set that relates to the system and the salary administration process. And look, I'll give you a good example. I tell managers this all the time, and there are people who argue with me about it, but I have a long history of doing it. I generally recommend that managers, if they think, let's say the salary range for a job is forty dollars to $50,000. What most managers will do is go and, and trying to create a tactical win at the, at the expense of a strategic loss. They say, I'm going to get Horseman paid or I'm going to get Jones paid at $49,000 and I'm going to show him he's coming at the top of the range. Okay, that makes sense until the range doesn't change for the next two years. And in fact, the range probably won't go down when the market goes south, let's say, when, when the economy uh, tightens up a little bit. But what that means is Jones is not getting much of a raise for the next two years, even if he's hitting home runs. And if Jones gets hired and the market goes south and he hits home runs after home run, after home run, after home run, and for two years, his boss doesn't give him a raise, he's feeling put upon. And what he doesn't know is his boss helped cause that by bringing him to the top of the range. Our recommendation, and we'll put this out in a podcast and describe how to do it and how to communicate it because it's the communication and the selling of it that makes a difference. You say, look, here's the range. I want to start you here, and and I, I can see you being here and here and here in the next couple of years provided you perform. I don't want to bring you in at the top of the range. I don't. I don't want people in the organization thinking for the first two years you were here, you didn't get a raise. And because they're not willing to take the time to review your performance, realize the guy actually hit home runs. And so they think you've not been doing well. So I recommend you pay lower in a band in order to allow for that growth to reward performance. Now I just gave an example of a manager, me versus somebody else saying we're going to come up with completely different rationales within a salary administration process. that's the same that would create two different starting salaries. And those two individuals comparing their salaries or one of them comparing to the other one is probably not a smart way to draw some big conclusions about how well you're valued now. Let me say something else. And I know I'm rambling, guys, but salary is one of those areas that people get quickly emotional and they say stupid things. There are too many managers in the world, we all know this, who don't recognize what Mike and I are saying, that the manager's job is to add psychic income and spiritual income, if you will, and personal income in the form of emotional income and to encourage someone to stay, to retain somebody through things other than economics. And- Because they don't, a lot of people, I think justifiably and also regrettably, tend to boil their relationship with the company down to just their salary. So there's a whole bunch of manager tools, Cass, in the future for us about keeping people and making sure we talk about salary. And we, we know that our job as managers is to keep you for reasons other than just economics. Great managers can keep people for years. At a pay less than what they're capable of, not because they're trying to nickel and dime somebody to death, but because if, in fact, the company can't afford it, it is still the manager's job to keep somebody. Please be careful about making comparisons. And if you can't avoid it, somebody comes into you and says, man, I saw your pay stub. I'm so sorry. You're making 58. I mean, gosh, they're making they're paying me 72 you didn't make that comparison somebody shoved it down your throat and in it if you get data that says a comp and the comparison puts you on the losing end of that if you can't avoid the comparison because it shoved down your throat please pause for a minute and remember you're getting poked with a salary umbrella but you're getting ticked off all by yourself and and please just be cautious about that wait a little bit give yourself some time listen to this cast again and then ask yourself okay what do i want to do about this
0: yeah don't make comparisons <laughs> you made that pretty clear and our second <laughs> point is don't go ask for a raise don't be stupid
1: yeah i think what we're trying to do is disconnect the idea that you're not fairly paid and well let's do this first <laughs> when you draw the conclusion you're not fairly paid stop <laughs> that's not, that's not a good idea secondly if you analyze it and you feel there is a disparity that is justifiably worth discussing in some fashion. If you can be analytical about it, if you can separate all that emotional stuff, great. But even if you do that, you're still not ready to ask for a raise, okay? Talking to your boss about salary is delicate. Wendy says that her mom used to say, I want doesn't get meaning just because you want something doesn't mean you're entitled to it or you're going to get it or the lack of it is therefore somehow oppressing you in some way. Look, it might be that later you want to ask more directly to your boss for a raise, and that's not an unheard of conversation, and it can be done well. But the first time you think, I want maybe to let my boss know there's a disparity, a direct ask is not the way to go. It's just not. Okay? Remember, guys, your boss is not thinking about salary right now. If you jump right into the conversation, he or she is going to be caught off guard. Look, to be fair, when we teach managers about how to manage, we tell them, tell your directs first what's coming. Never introduce a managerial change without first introducing that managerial change. We have a cast like that, a cast called that, okay? By the same token, if we're going to tell them, don't catch your directs by surprise and then get them defensive, we recommend you don't do that either with your boss. If you get your boss defensive, that's not going to help your case. What most bosses will do in that situation is, is say, well, let me tell you all the reasons why it is the way it is. And by the way, there are good reasons why it is the way it is. In fact, one of them is you've been accepting it. The economic uh, situation is you're validating it by uh, accepting the pay.
0: Okay, so don't ask your boss for a raise. But does that mean that I can't have a conversation with my boss about salary? Except at the end of the year when it's maybe too late.
1: Are you asking specifically about you, Mike? Or are you asking in general? I mean, Mm -hmm. are you saying as the CEO that you're coming to me as a member of the board? And you like (laughs) 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 No, the answer, no, of course, sorry. The the answer is, yeah, you can have a conversation with your boss. Now, I will tell you this. Separate from the asking for a raise, I would never have a conversation with my boss if I had one data point that suggested a difference. Remember, Horstman's Law of Salary Communications, it's all lies, okay? If somebody says to you, well, shoot, I'm getting 70, I'm amazed you're getting 50, I'd be willing to bet that guy or gal has talked herself into saying 70 when, in fact, their pay might be 52, but they're adding in that 30% of benefits, which take them to 70. And they probably get a document which says, your salary and compensation is worth 70.
0: Yeah. You're talking about pay with one of your peers. They almost always lie. Or it's not or at least they're not it's not uh equivalent. The conditions yeah. are not equivalent to yours, right? Yeah, I don't think I actually said they almost always
1: lie. Would you dispute I that? They you? Said, I said they always
0: lie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and look, guys, that's an overstatement. We're being a little bit histrionic here, a little dramatic. But I can tell you this. I've told this story before. I helped the guy get a job as a recruiter. I got paid as a percentage of his salary. I've been working with this client for years. The client said we offered him this. When he talked to me a week later, it says, well, yeah, they offered me you know, this much money. I, my salary is going to be this. So, Mark, you were actually wrong about what you think. I think they really think I'm really good like, it's just a bald-faced lie about what I knew the salary was going to be. And this was a person who was new to the, to, to the professional salary administration of large corporations. I'm like, wow. I mean, w- within minutes, he's already made the decision that his salary is not 80. It's actually 115 because, because of all the benefits and everything else that go into it. So no, we're not saying everybody lies. We are saying you must take, with a 2,000-pound grain of salt— what people tell you verbally about what they're making until you see a pay stub until you have factual proof, I would be very cautious. Okay. And, and and yet again, as you alluded to, Mike, the, the, there, there are reasons why a pay stub would show a difference that is not big enough for us to worry about. If you're worried about a thousand bucks, folks, sure. I'm just telling you, you don't have to listen to this cast anymore. Just trust me. Trust Mike. just, walk away. Just walk away. That's not enough to be worried about. Even if you're only making $15,000 a year, a thousand dollars difference is not enough. Okay. Now look, there are two ways to approach the situation in terms of having a conversation with your boss and they depend on your relationship with your boss and also your ability to have a noteworthy accomplishment or milestone in the next few months. Okay. Here's what you do. If you have a great relationship with your boss, where expansive conversations, and by expansive, I mean that periodically you talk about things other than just pure work, where expansive conversations aren't unusual, you can approach the subject by asking, can I share some, some information I've learned with you? This person left. By the way, you ask first and you wait for a yes. You say, this person left the firm and their role is being advertised at 15 to 20% greater than my salary. And there's a difference here. I'm not asking for a raise. I know you probably don't even know this, or maybe you do, but I'm just kind of wondering in general about salary and also about performance and also about, I know that there are some internal dichotomies and I respect that. And that's fine. I want to make sure boss that I shouldn't be reading anything into what I perceive as a somewhat lower than normal. If in fact, this other guy's salary is normal for my role. Now, folks, listen to what we did there. We're having a conversation about performance now, not about salary administration. We're using salary administration data to inform a discussion with your boss about your performance and whether or not he needs to tell you or she needs to tell you something about your performance. That's what we're doing. Now, it's possible your boss is going to answer, yeah, there's an internal dichotomy. Remember, right now, he's not even thinking about the subject. When you ask in the form of a question, rather than just sharing information, you put him or her on the spot. So let me say that what I said again. Hey, can I share some st- something I learned with you? The boss says, yeah. Hey, this guy left, and their role is being advertised at 15 to 20% above mine. There's a difference here. I'm not asking for a raise, but I am kind of wondering in general about salary and performance and about dichotomies. I just want to make sure that I shouldn't be reading anything to what I perceive as maybe my salary being somewhat lower than what this data is. I just like to talk about that a little bit. There's no question in there. There are times when it's good to ask questions, like when you say, can you change that, as opposed to, I'd like you to change that in the feedback model. But in this case, you don't want to ask a question because you don't want to put the boss in the spot to have to answer your specific question. Now, this, of course, implies that your boss actually listens well, and he or she knows that a question has been asked, and when a question gets asked, a smart person asks the question that they want the answer to, but that said, that's what you do, okay? What we're doing here is putting the subject in her head without creating the requirement for a decision, and then we wait to see what happens. No. Don't ask what he's going to do about it. Let him do something, or or not. Now, if you have a great performance in a month or two, and there's no reaction, then perhaps you could share further. In other words, you've brought up that there's, in fact, a a dichotomy. You then, a month later, deliver a great performance on something, and there's no discussion about salary relative to the fact that you've made it a point of discussion, and now you've done well enough that, in fact, your performance, which was what you brought up earlier, could, in fact, be affecting it and there's no discussion, then you might be saying, okay, I'm not getting what I want. I'm not hearing what I needed to hear. For whatever reason, there may be completely good reasons for it. And so maybe we need to move on at some point in the future to a discussion about a raise, in which case you have to make a presentation about a raise. Okay, so to be clear, you're not asking for a raise here, but you're asking your boss for professional guidance on salary as it relates to your performance and the company's performance and about how your boss feels about all that stuff. Now look, guys. That's if you have a great relationship. If you don't have a great relationship, you can have this conversation, but have it after you've delivered a great performance.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. yeah. if You're going to talk about pay. You might as well do it when, you, when your boss is thinking some good thoughts about your performance. Yeah,
1: and, and let, me, let, me, let me make sure that the timeline is clear to people. Guys, let's say I find out that Ozen's making $20,000 more than me in February, but I don't have a great relationship with my boss. Six months later, I hit a home run, and then I have the conversation with my boss. And I say basically what I've said, and I say, you know, a few months ago, I learned that there's a situation where there's a pretty big dichotomy in pay, and I'm just wondering how I should feel about that. The difference between the information you receive and your performance can be as much as six months. It can be. It certainly would be different if I learned about the pay differential in October and my pay wasn't increased. And then in January, I delivered a great rate, delivered a great performance. You know, that, that changes things a little bit when, when in fact you've had a salary discussion with your boss, but fundamentally you could wait as long as six months and assuming that there's no appreciable change in your salary in those six months, it would be absolutely reasonable to bring up the thing you learned six months ago. And guys key things. Keep this in mind when you think about this cast. You got to be careful about those comparisons you're making. You're never comparing apples to apples. I probably should have said that at the top of the show. You're never comparing apples to apples. It's always apples to oranges. It's apples to ocean liners when you're comparing your individual salary to a salary administration process, which has caused an ad to be run or an internal document to go around saying this is the range of the job you're in. That's a gigantically different comparison. You've got to emotionally distance yourself. If you get a quick response of, wow, I'm getting screwed here, be careful, calm down, and don't go ask for a raise. Have that conversation with your boss. And the conversation with your boss is about asking for input about your performance using the salary information as data to help facilitate that conversation. Now, your boss is going to know, uh-oh, I've got a dichotomy here. And the question is going to be what your boss does about it. And so the point here, asking for a raise is very delicate. This is not what this cast is about, but you can, at least this can be a first step if, in fact, that becomes a reasonable thing to do. And as we said before, there are times when it is reasonable for things to do.
0: There you go. Good. Thanks, my friend. You bet, partner. Bye. Thanks, everyone. If you have questions about this topic or any other relative to professional development, come to the discussion forums on the Manage Tools website www.manager-tools.com slash forums. We'll see you there. So long folks.